Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Hey, before we get going, let's give a quick shout out to our partners here at Auburn Live and the Auburn Live show. First of all, Southeastern, great bar in downtown Auburn, fantastic two-story building, beautiful place, uh, great lounge upstairs, tons of TVs, outdoor seating area, some finger foods and stuff like that as well. Awesome location in downtown Auburn. Go visit Southeastern. Great game day experience, uh, weekend experience. Um, just go check them out, Southeastern, on Magnolia. Other partner, the Irritable Bow Restaurant, also on Magnolia, on the other side uh, of the street in downtown downtown Auburn, down, down Magnolia. Go check them out. Really good Chinese bow uh, food, uh, sh- shrimp shrimp rolls and, and steak, steak and, and, and chicken uh, skewers and um, rice bowls and just a bunch of, bunch of good stuff, man. If you've never had Chinese bow, it's really, really good. Shout out to our friend Whitley Dykes. Um, they get you in and out really quickly. So if you ever see a line, don't worry. It moves quickly. Go check out the Irritable Bow restaurant downtown Auburn and uh, tell them Auburn Live sent you. All right, let's go. Hey, welcome back in to another Auburn Live show. So glad you could join us on this Tuesday morning. Hope everybody is doing well and has made it through some crazy weather and rain that's going on. Um, I know in Auburn, we had some some storms and rain roll through on Monday afternoon, tornado warnings and all that stuff. So hope everybody's doing well um, on this Tuesday morning of game week. We have made it, people. We have made it. Game week. Um, Auburn and Akron this Saturday night, 6 p.m. inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. As the Brian Harson era kicks off, um, should be – um, an exciting day and, and, and certainly a fun night as we see what this Auburn Tigers team looks like. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting, really interesting ride. Oh, it's been a really crazy couple of weeks um, culminating in. Brian Harson returning to the Auburn football facility on Monday after a 10 day isolation period after his positive COVID test. So he's back. We talked to him in the media uh, we talked to him on his weekly press conference on Monday. Pretty routine. Um, pretty routine from, from Brian Harson. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Um, he's all about preparing this team uh, and getting them ready to play on Saturday. You know, I asked him, I asked him, I said, you know, it's, it's been eight months since you were hired. It seems like it's been a long time, right? He's gone through spring, summer, fall camps. And then you mix in the, you know, dealing with the transfers after the spring camp um, that, that left the program. Then you're dealing with bringing transfers in, um, of course. And then, um, you know, then he's, he's obviously trying to build his program. He goes on a speaking tour. He's with Bruce Pearl and he's, he's, he's going around the, the, the region and he's speaking to booster club. So he's doing that. 
um, and all the, the responsibilities that come with that. Then, of course, he's dealing with, you know, COVID protocols with, with his team and, and trying to, you know, figure all that out. And then, of course, the last, you know, two weeks, he's deal, dealt with COVID on his team and including himself. And I'm sure that he is um, just ready to coach a football game. And so I asked myself, what, what are your emotions? What are your feelings like? after, you know, eight months since you've been hired and here you are just a couple of days away, you know, what are your feelings heading to Saturday where you get to coach a game and, and start your era off? And it's interesting. I, I thought that his, he might have, you know, an answer along the lines of, well, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. And, and, you know, it's, it's a long time coming, but we're just glad to, you know, get out there and play football. And, um, you know, I thought he might have an answer along those lines. Um, he really didn't. He really didn't. He was just like, well, you know, we're really just focused on, you know, preparing the team um, and, and, and just and just keeping them focused and, and preparation. And and he just gave a real like um, kind of robotic answer um, about preparing the team and, and making sure that they're you know, doing everything they're supposed to do during practice. And if they do, it'll show up in the game on Saturday. And um it, you know, I was kind of asking him more about the, the ride of eight months and here his response was just about basically the process. And I'm like, you know, it was, it was a very, the more we talked to Brian Harson, you know, I mean, that's kind of what you get, you know, um, he, it's, uh, you know, he, he, he could have easily gotten into his feelings a little bit. And um, that's kind of what I was going for. I figured the last 10 days has probably been crazy for him sitting at home and um you know, like he probably is just so glad to be back there and just wants to coach a football game and stop dealing with, you know, so much other stuff, um, especially that comes with taking over a, a program. Um, but his but his response was really, really, really practical and pragmatic. So it was, it was interesting. And I guess, you know, every time we talk to him, it just it sort of um, takes you inside his mind just a little bit more in terms of how he thinks and how he approaches things. But he's all about the the, the preparation and the focus for this team and, and preparing them during the week. And um, he's all about doing the little things right. And if you're doing everything right and preparing right, it'll show up on Saturday. And if you don't, that will also show up on Saturday. So it's an interesting conversation with Brian Harson um, today in the media. But again, nothing really stood out. Um, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go over the depth chart. Um, they released the depth chart today. Auburn re finally released the official depth chart. So it's going to be, this is just going to be a, a fairly quick uh, episode, but just want to sort of go through the depth chart um, position by position, um, talk about the two deep, um, anything that stood out, um, and things like that. If you're a part of Auburn Live, none of this was that surprising. We, we've kind of told you at auburnlive.com, we've told you a number of these position battles, sort of how it's been shaking out for the last three weeks including offensive line, receiver, defensive line, you know, positions like that. So none of that, none, nothing was crazy surprising, but we can, but we can go through it. So quarterback, obviously Bo Nix beats out TJ Finley, you know, that became a quarterback battle the last week, you know, Brian Harson talked about TJ Finley, the light coming on and, and, and it really felt like the gap was closing, but Brian Harson said, Hey, if, if, if we're to play a game, Bo Nix would start. And so when the official depth chart comes out, Bo Nix is the number one quarterback. I think he always, he always, well, not I think, Bo Nix, unless he just absolutely fell off the face of the earth, Bo Nix is going to be the starting quarterback come game one. 
Now, what does it look like midway through the season? I don't know. If TJ Finley keeps progressing the way he is and Bo Nix doesn't go out there and make good decisions, we, we will have to revisit this. But for now, it's Bo Nix's job. It's Bo Nix's team. And it's all about decision-making. Brian Harson's a former quarterback. He's a, he's a practical, pragmatic, logical process guy. And it's about decision-making. If, if, if Bo Nix goes out there and, and continues to show poor decision-making, maybe it's missing something on third down, maybe it's rolling out when you didn't need to, maybe it's launching into double coverage just you know, when a punt would have been fine. That's the stuff that will get Bo Nix in trouble. If Auburn loses to Penn State and loses to LSU, let's say, and they're sitting there three and two, but but Bo Nix has, has for the most part made pretty good decisions. They're just three and two for another reason or other reasons. Then Bo Nix is going to be fine. It's all about decision making. That's what it's going to come down to for for Bo um, and, and what Brian Harson's looking for. So Bo gets the Bo gets the start. T.J. Finley's the backup. Grant Loy uh, is third team. Demetrius Davis is fourth team. And on down the line, Demetrius Davis likely isn't going to play this year. They're probably going to preserve his red shirt unless there's an emergency. But a lot of good things from him in the fall camp. So he certainly made a mark in terms of he's going to be one to pay attention to down the road. Running back, no surprises here. Tank Bigsby, the best running back in the league. Sean Shivers sitting there at the number two spot. Jarquez Hunter, freshman number three. And then, of course, you've got um, Jordan Ingram and Sean Jackson, sitting there at the at the number four spot. Auburn actually only released a two deep on most of these positions, but some of them, like running back, we know Jarquez Hunter's third and Jordan Ingram and Sean Jackson are, are fourth, tied for fourth, basically. And so we, we can kind of project a little bit there, Jarquez Hunter, the freshman. Bigsby's going to be the guy. I mean, he's going to get, I would think, 20 carries a game. I mean, there might be games where he goes less than that, but if he if you if if Tank Bigsby gets less than twenty carries, I'm not liking Auburn's chances. Uh, if he's not getting twenty carries a game, and he's 15, 16, 17 for some reason, then that's a lot of passes. That's a lot of passes, and I'm not sure that's what Auburn wants. So Bigsby should have a big year. Uh, Sean Shivers, both those guys, both running and passing. I put down on the website today. We did three. We did three bold predictions. One of mine was that Bo Nix would complete 65% of his passes this year. The other on offense was that Tank Bigsby would catch 30-plus passes. Um, Tank caught 11 last year, but when you talk about the the the, the difference in offense, him being the man, um, and, 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 and the difference in offense in terms of check downs and, and availability for the running back to catch passes, I think it's, I think it's really possible he could, he could catch 25 to 30 balls. The last running back, I mean, Kerryon Johnson caught, I think, 24 passes in 2017. And then you go back to Ontario McCaleb in, like, 2011, and he he caught, like, 30 passes. So um, it's been a while, but, you know, I just think Bigsby could be that safety valve for Knicks and could end up catching a whole bunch of passes along with screens and, and stuff like that. So we'll see how that shakes out. Tight end, John Samuel, John Samuel Schinker, uh, first string, Luke Deal right behind him, Tyler Fromm right behind him followed by Landon King and, and Brandon Frazier. Uh, no surprise, Shanker's been super reliable the last couple of years. A good player. He catches the ball. He's also a really good H-back, a blocker. Uh, he's probably your best combination tight end. I mean, he probably does everything. He's the best all-around tight end on your team. Luke Deal, big, strong kid, a good blocker as well. 
And so those two guys and then Tyler Fromm. So, so really you got guys that can really block at the point of attack. And then Shanker is probably your most experienced pass catcher. And so they'll, they'll go from there. But I do like, I do like in terms of Auburn's ability to run, you throw in deal, you know, in some two tight end sets. Um, and I think Auburn's has got a chance there. Receiver. This was an interesting one. Obviously it's an unproven position. So it was a lot of, a lot of competition, a lot of battle, if we told you a couple of days ago kind of what the what the first team would look like, which which is what happened. Um, Shedrick Jackson, the senior from Hoover, Alabama, gets to start. Demetrius Robertson gets to start the transfer from Georgia. And Javaris Johnson, the receiver from Birmingham, will get the start on the inside position. Backing up Shedrick Jackson is Xavion Capers. Backing up Demetrius Robertson is Kobe Hudson and Malcolm Johnson, Jr., and backing up Javaris Johnson is Tavares Dawson Jr. Tavares Dawson, the only true freshman on the two deep on the team. So you see the kind of impact he's made, and he fits a position that they needed playmakers in the slot. We told you about him before fall camp. I said, watch out for Tavares Dawson. But I think I think what you find in, in, in Auburn starting three receivers is consistency. Shedrick Jackson is a guy that's been around. He's a senior. He's a strong player. And I think he's a guy that has just been consistent. Demetrius Robertson, of course, is explosive and elusive and adds a lot to Auburn's playmaking uh, ability. He's a smart kid. He's been around football, so he's picked things up really quickly. No surprise there. And then Javaris Johnson, Brian Harson said he he's probably had the best camp of any receiver. He's a kid that's going to have a big year. He's going to return punts as well. He's in the inside position. He's really fast. He, he, he's got a chance to, to, to have a really good year. Um, but I think those three guys are reliable. It's about consistency and reliability at receiver. Those guys have been that. And then, of course, Capers, Hudson, Malcolm Johnson Jr. will will all play a bunch. The, these receivers will rotate, and they'll get their chances. But I think Capers, Hudson, Malcolm, it just comes down to consistency, I think. You look at Shedrick Jackson as a senior, Robertson, who's who's been around now for six years, those two guys are just more consistent than the other guys. And Javaris Johnson's been great. Um, has been around. So you just got three experienced guys that showed up and, and, and went to work every day and, and you see what you get. So I like the receiving course, just about going out and doing it. But I, I think the competition probably did them a lot of good. And uh, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. Offensive line. These guys rotated a ton in spring and in, in fall camp, but the starting five is, is what we expected it to be. Austin Troxel at left tackle, Brandon Council, or Alec Jackson at left guard. That's probably the only semi-surprising one. We, we thought Council was sort of going to be the starter, but it says or Alec Jackson, so, so Alec Jackson basically could be the starter there as well at left guard. Center, you have Nick Brahms. Right guard, you have Keandre Jones. Right tackle, you have Bradarius Ham. Nothing surprising there. Brendan Coffey is backing up Bradarius Ham at right tackle. Tayshawn Manning is backing up Keandre Jones at right guard. Jaleel Irvin is backing up Nick Brahms at center. And Killian Zaire is backing up Austin Troxel at left tackle. And then, of course, Brandon Council can also play center as well if they need to. So nothing surprising along the line. I mean, look, Troxel, Council, Brahms, Jones, and Ham, guys have played a lot of – have played a decent bit of football for Auburn. So is Tayshawn Manning. And, and Alec Jackson a little bit too. So you've got basically seven guys there that have played a decent amount of football. And we'll see the improvements they've made. 
we'll just have to, we'll just have to see, you know, I mean, they've played a lot of football, but that doesn't always, you know, some, you know, offensive line is one of those positions that as you go along, you know, you, you, you can become that experience helps you. Um, even if you don't necessarily become a lot better, just being a smarter player helps. So they just need to stay healthy. It's not a bad unit, but they've got to stay healthy. If they stay healthy is that five, they got a chance to be decent. And, um, you know, we'll see where that where the, we'll see where that takes them. Maybe a difference in offense helps them and their ability to protect Bo Nix a little bit too, and routes help that. So we'll see how that group does, but nothing surprising there. Moving to the defense, this is where it gets interesting for Auburn. I think they have a chance to have a have a really good defense, but there are some new players, and so good thing they have a couple of couple of games before it gets big time with Penn State to. To get used to things uh, along the defensive line, nose tackle Tony Fair, transfer from UAB, gets the start. He'll be backed up by J.J. Pegues, who is transferring over to the defensive line position and is really raw but has a chance to be really, really good. The other defensive tackle position is going to be Marcus Harris, the transfer from Kansas, who we heard a ton of good things about. He's going to be back, backed up by Marquise Burks, who missed a little bit of time um, this fall camp, but still in there. Obviously, Jeremiah Wright. You know, had a chance to, to be a really good player, but, but towards ACL, and I don't know what his status is going to be this year, but don't don't count on him. So, and then Truesdale leaves. So you're lacking a little depth there at defensive tackle. So JJ Pegues becomes a very important player in terms of his ability to to contribute. Marcus Harris, bunch of good things about him. Bunch of good things about him from the coaches and teammates in terms of his versatility. And so you hope that he and Tony Fair, man, it look, look, if this Auburn defense lives up to it and let's say they become a top four unit in the league, you're going to look back and go, ooh, I mean, thank goodness they went out and got Tony Fair and Marcus Harris. I mean, that's defensive lineman in the SEC. If those guys turn out to be the real deal, that's going to be massive. You're going to look back and go, those are massive gets in the transfer portal. Defensive end, Colby Wooden, who is poised to have a fantastic season, 6'5", 280, Left off a bunch of preseason lists for the for the league, but but he is poised to do really really good things this year. Watch out for Colby Wooden at defensive end, and then even defensive tackle some when they go three four. Backing up Colby Wooden, Zakevius Walker, another young player that that flashed last year and that has a chance to be really good. So we'll see how he gets in the mix. Maybe on some pass rush situations, they're able to put Wooden and Walker on the field at the same time. Zakevius Walker's got a chance to be really good wearing that number three. But the other defensive end position, Derek Hall, um, who, who's who will play in the NFL. Derek Hall is a fantastic athlete who he, he should be Auburn's pass rush specialist, backed up by TD Moultrie, who is a senior. And you're just hoping that it all comes together for Moultrie this year, a guy who's has all the ability, but it's just been up and down and different places on the depth chart. That's your top two defensive ends. And then, of course, you've got Eco Leota uh, and Dylan Brooks in there as well. And so, you know, they gave us kind of a 4-3 look, but but you're going to get a lot of 3-4-2. And so Derek Hall will play that edge position where he's standing up, and it'll be Colby Wooden, Tony Fair, Marcus Harris as your three-down lineman. Um, and then you'll have Hall and Moultrie that could be standing up as edge players and then two linebackers. So, I mean, Hall and Moultrie are going to play a ton. It's not really that Moultrie's backing him up. When they go edge, they both could play. Leota's going to play as well. Linebacker, no surprises here. Kind of like running back with big speed linebacker. Owen Papo, Zacoby McLean are your top two linebackers. Um, those guys are, you know, maybe the best duo in the league. 
fantastic players. Chandler Wooten is the backup to Papo. Wesley Steiner is the backup to Zacoby McLean. And then, of course, Wooden is your starting star linebacker. So when they go three linebackers, Chandler Wooten will start. Bottom line, Chandler Wooten is your third linebacker, and he's going to play a ton. And then behind Wooten at that star position is Cam Riley and, and Joko Willis. So decent depth at, at linebacker should be a strength for, for Auburn. Cornerbacks, again, no surprise here. Roger McCreary, who has got a chance with a good season to be a first-round draft pick. Um, he does. You know, I, I think that if he just has a decent season, he's a second-rounder. I think a so, really solid season could, could put him late first round. He's got that kind of ability. He's backed up by Juco transfer Roe Torrance. The other corner will be Nehemiah Pritchett, who has come on and had a really good fall camp. He'll be backed up by Jalen Simpson. So um, McCreary, Pritchett, and Simpson, a lot of experience at that cornerback position, a lot of SEC games. And then Roe Torrance, who's a tall, um, good-sized corner as well. One one absence from the depth chart was Drayshawn Miller. It's probably one of the bigger surprises. I mean, this is a guy that was a pretty well-thought-of cornerback, comes over from West Virginia, and doesn't even make the two deep which is not surprising. We didn't hear a lot about him. Um, and so it's not all that surprising, but I wonder what Drayshawn Miller is thinking. I mean, he's, he, he leaves and comes to Auburn and is wanting to have a good year and, um, and then go to the league and he's not in the two deep. He'll play, he'll play special teams and stuff like that, but not in the two deep, but you got McCreary and Pritchett um, and Jalen Simpson, probably your top three corners. So Auburn's in a good position at cornerback. And then you throw in the nickel, which would be Donovan Kaufman starting at nickel, Ladarius Tennyson behind behind him. They'll play a ton of nickels, so you know Kaufman will be on the field a lot. Then you move to safety, free safety, Smoke Monday, backed up by Donovan Kaufman as well. And then you've got your boundary safety will be Badarius Knight in the transfer, uh, backed up by Zion Puckett, who's a good player as well. So Auburn's really strong at safety too. I mean, Zion Puckett had a good fall camp. I don't think they would hesitate to put, you know, if it was Monday and Zion Puckett, I don't think that they think they would lose anything there. So so really strong at safety as well. But Darius Knight, and again, you're talking about these transfers. If they go up there, go out there and line up in nickel, you know, you're looking at, you know, potentially Tony Fair, Marcus Harris, Badarius Knight, and Donovan Kaufman. You know, you're looking at potentially four transfers out there on defense starting. So those transfers are going to end up being a big part, a big part of what they do. And then, of course, you got Anders Carlson, place kicker, you know, was going to compete for the best best kicker in the country. Anders Carlson will be drafted. I mean, fantastic kicker. Not sure he's missed a field goal in fall camp. Um, Oscar Chapman's your punter. And then kick returner will be Donovan Kaufman and Nehemiah Pritchett. So Kaufman, a lot of speed. Nehemiah Pritchett, interesting that, that he gets back there. Not Sean Shivers, you know, Tank Bigsby, not Tank Bigsby. Um, but but Nehemiah Pritchett, a cornerback back there returning kicks. And then, of course, Javaris Johnson returning punts should be a perfect punt returner. Should be a perfect punt returner. And then Demetrius Robertson would be your backup punt returner. But uh, Javaris back there at punt returner should be, should be fantastic. So that's your depth chart. You know, nothing really nothing really surprising. I, mean, I think the Drayshawn Miller thing stands out as, as, as a guy that, that thought he'd come in and, and have a chance to start, and he's not even on the two deep. I think that's surprising. Uh, we all knew Bedarius Knight and had a chance to be really good. He he ends up starting going into the going into the first game. So nothing crazy. I mean, I think when you look at it, we've said it before. If Tony Fair and Marcus Harris live up to the billing, Auburn's defense 
has a chance to keep them in a lot of games because the linebackers are there and the secondary is there. If Tony Fair and Marcus Harris can be those guys and the defensive line can stay healthy, because that's the other thing, you have to rotate a defensive line. So you need Pagese. You need Marquise Burks to come on and stay healthy. You need Zacchaeus Walker to develop the same way Colby Wooden's developing. Zacchaeus Walker can be a really good player. And then you need T.D. Moultrie to be the real deal. You need him to, to snap out of it in the light, to come on, and him to have a really good senior year as a, as a rusher, as, as well as Derek Hall. So that defensive line, that's what it's all about, but especially Tony Heron and Marcus Harris as the starters. Those guys have got to be the real deal. When it comes to SEC play, they've got to go out there and stand out. You know, we'll, we'll find out. You know, we heard good things about them in camp, but they're going against Auburn's offensive line. How good's Auburn's offensive line? How good have they become? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I think Auburn's offensive line is probably an average group in the SEC. So, what can Tony Fair and Marcus Harris do against A and M and LSU and Georgia and Alabama? Can they? Can they? Are they up to the fight? I think they are. I mean, I think Fair's an experienced guy, and Marcus Harris. Those those dudes aren't playing around. Those aren't those aren't guys that are going to be overwhelmed by the moment. Um, they've been through a lot been through a lot of football. And and so I, I think those guys are going to be up to the challenge, but that's the big thing on defense. And then offense, it's about the offensive line. We can talk about Bo Nix, but that line and their development and how they're able to protect Bo Nix is going to be massive. If Nix feels like he's going to continue continuously run for his life, then it's going to be a problem. You know, he's never really going to snap out of it. If he can feel like he's protected and then, and then, learn to take a check down and learn to throw the tight end and learn to play another down. Everything changes with that offense. There's some playmakers there, but it, but it obviously starts with the line protecting Bo Nix and, and, and letting Nix change, um, you know, how he quarterbacks and feel a little bit, a little bit protected. I think there's times last year where he felt like he wasn't protected and wasn't going to be protected. Maybe he bailed early because he just, he just felt like he was going to be under pressure anyway. So that's the depth chart as Auburn kicks off the season against Akron. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I think that there are, you know, I would say cornerback and linebacker are positions of strength. There's good depth there. Um, I would say receiver too. It's unproven, but there's there's players there. I mean, there's between you – know, there's one, two, three. There's five guys, you know, if you're not talking about the inside position, if you're talking about the outside position, there's, there's five talented guys. So if, if, if there's any injuries, there's talent there. It's just unproven. Um, offensive line is where they cannot afford injuries. It's the, probably the thinnest position. There's only maybe seven guys there that, that I would be comfortable with in SEC play. I mean, it, you can't afford injuries there. And, and, off, and one injury could reshuffle the whole thing. It's not like they just will sub in the next left guard. I mean, they're going to they're gonna mix and match. So one injury could shuffle three or four positions. So it's it's a big deal. So offensive line is probably your thinnest position. And then I'd probably say, you know, defensive tackle behind that because Pagese, you know, has just moved over there and you don't know what you've got there. And then Marquise Burks has never really been expected to do a whole lot. So defensive tackles, the, that, that position is probably your next thinnest behind just the offensive line in general. So again, Auburn's got a chance. They just need to stay healthy at the right positions develop some guys at the right positions and and they'll be a good football team um where that takes them i don't know good football in this league could be eight and four you know <laughs> auburn could go eight and four and and have a really good team and have a really good season honestly and they could still lose four games so we will see how it goes but that's the depth chart 
as Auburn gets ready for Akron. We'll talk to players a couple of more times this week. And then as Auburn continues to practice, they'll practice on Tuesday. Then they'll go shells on Wednesday. They'll do helmets on Thursday, and they're off on Friday. And then, of course, they play Akron. They're a 37-point favorite. I mean, wow, Akron Akron must not be very good. I mean, you have an Auburn team with a coaching change and a lot of turnover and a lot of unknowns, and they're a 37. That's a big number for a brand-new offense and not sure what you're going to get out there to be a 37-point favorite. I mean, you're, you're thinking Auburn's going to put up, you know, 45 or 50 points probably. I mean, it could be 45 to, to, to 10 and they don't cover. So anyway, I guess Akron's not going to be very good, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what Auburn's able to do. On Saturday night, I'm sure they're going to, they're going to come out and be really excited with the new staff and, and, and certainly going to be excited to, to, uh, to, show, to show what they got. So that's the two deep. Get the rest of our thoughts on AuburnLive.com. You'll get my three bold predictions on AuburnLive.com. Make sure you can go to the message board and leave – those also have some stories up about the offensive line and what Brian Harson had to say about that group, as well as what Brian Harson, a few other things he had to say during his weekly press conference on Monday. We'll have uh, more football and recruiting news on the website this week. We'll have the podcast rolling along. Um, we'll try to get Aaron Torres on here in uh, this week as well, who's a, who's a fantastic college football voice for Fox Sports. Um, as well. So make sure you check out auburnlive.com $10 for the rest of the year or for the, for the year sign up $10 right now. You get the next year of content. That's a crazy deal. I do not know how much longer they're going to do that. And so if you don't do that and then the prices go back to what they're supposed to be and you kind of miss out on the launch uh, deal that they're doing, you're going to be kicking yourself. So go get a part, go be a part of auburnlive.com today for $10 and be a part of our awesome community. Uh, and I'm Justin Hokinson, and we will see you next time. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.